check, check, white check. Network production. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show, presented by Truck Hero and Pro Taper. On PulpMX.com, taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Yeah! Welcome, everybody! Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, Thursday, February 16th, noon Pacific. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. We're going to talk some Minneapolis Supercross uh, coming up this weekend. The series returns to Minneapolis. It'll be round seven of the uh, 2017 Monster Energy uh, AMA uh, Supercross Series. And looking forward to going back to Minneapolis, man. That place, when it was the Metrodome, was, uh, as the kids say, off the hook uh, for the fans. It was packed. It was great. People dug it. Uh, it was uh, it was a really amazing atmosphere. The last time we were there, Ryan Dungey passing Ryan Villapoto, um, probably halfway through the main, maybe a little more, and taking the win and everybody losing their minds. The Metrodome has always been a great uh, city to go racing and supercross racing. I, I've always said, and I'll always say, now the uh, the the. Con- the construction of the Metrodome helped in this, so there's a little bit of, of that to play in. But I've always said the Metrodome, I've, I don't know if I've ever heard a dome louder than uh, back in the McGrath days, 96, 97, 98, 99, when we were going there. I don't know if I've ever heard a dome louder than MC at his height winning races in Minneapolis. It's phenomenal. The fans loved it, and uh, we're going back. So looking forward to that. 702-586-PULP. Give us a call anytime. Hey, a lot of helmet companies out there make custom helmets for their star riders, um, whether it's a, a, a top-name rider or even uh, lower down the food chain, but not Fly Racing. FlyRacing.com, F2 Carbon Helmet, Carbon Fiber, Kevlar, Coolmax, MIPS. Fly Racing's car- F2 Carbon is a standard form, as close to a factory race bike as a helmet can get. Used by Canard, Pike, Millsaps, Baggett. The F2 Carbon is out-of-the-box, onto-the-racetrack-ready helmet. 10 graphic styles, 22 colorways, local authorized Fly uh, Racing dealer. FlyRacing.com. Also, Pro Taper on board with us since 1991. Pro Taper has continued to produce some of the world's most premium controlled and drive components available in the market today. Bradshaw, back in the day, and now Anderson, Barsha, the JGR Suzuki guys, Geico Honda, uh, Rockstar Energy Husky, all using Pro Taper. Truck Hero, parent company of the folks at NFAB. Truck Hero is uh, the, the premium spot to go for uh, to outfit your light truck and SUV from bumper to bumper. It comprises the worldwide renowned Browns, back industries. Undercover, NFAB, Bedrug, Husky Liners, Truck-Hero.com. They're a proud sponsor of the Auto Trader JGR Suzuki team. Uh, Truck Hero is a parent company of the folks at NFAB, which we know well, the folks at NFAB. And, of course, Get, the Get uh, generation of ECUs. Um, the RX-1 processor, the LC GPA, is extremely precise and works totally different compared to the common OE systems. 
It guides you to the perfect RPM range to get the best start of your machine, thanks to the bright LED that is made to be an RPM dashboard. Destroy the start, get the whole shot, use Get. Reed, Webb, Barsha, Pike, Weimer, Phil, Bichelia. This weekend, uh, Kyle Peters, he's filling in on the 250 team uh, for now, for a few races, from the folks at JGR Suzuki who have... Uh, been hit with injuries, man. It's been tough. Uh, Justin Barsha coming back this weekend for the JGR Suzuki team. So that's a little bit of news. And, uh, and of course, the 250 East Coast is kicking off. That's exciting. Jason Thomas and Paul Parabinos will be on to, uh, to talk about that. Uh, again, I'm Steve Mathis. With me over in the corner there. He's uh, taking phone calls right now. He's a self-admitted Ryan Dungey fan. And we're wondering if he's getting worried or not. He's tits legendary. Hello. Are you worried about Ryan Dungey? Hold on. You realize oh. I was in the middle of a call, right? Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. No. What did I say? Three weeks in a row, right? Yeah. Still gained a point on the championship? Yeah, he did. It's amazing. Yeah. Simply amazing. Not a great weekend for him, though. Only the uh, fourth time in uh, whatever that he's been off the podium. 50 to 31 races or something. 36 races. Yeah. Uh, definitely had some luck go his way. Last weekend, putting it lightly. Yeah, yeah. So not worried though. Oh, Stand oh. to the points lead. So that's all. You, that's all. That's what you're gonna sit back. I, I, You're gonna light a smoke, sit what, back, what, and go. What else do you do? I right. mean, the, the points lead continues to grow slowly but surely. What must life be like for a Dungey <laughs> fan over there? Just, just gotta be. Even though when the crap is hitting hey, the fan, it, life is still going your way. If you really think, well, let me get our guest on. We'll talk about that in a second. Jason Thomas from Fly Racing. What's up, JT? The, oh, you know, just listening to tits there. Take himself a hole. When you're a Dungey fan, it has got to be the complete opposite of being a James Stewart fan, right? Like, well, it depends it, on the timing. Well, if you're if you're a Stew fan, uh, it's not going well. Nothing goes for you. Uh, up and down performances. Uh, when it's bad, you're getting carted off in an ambulance. Um, when you're Ryan Dungey fan, though, even when you get fourth, you put a point on uh, on everybody else in the championship series. It's just fit. It's yeah, fantastic. but I mean, I, I mean, it's all it's all timing though. Because if you were a Stewart fan, you know, eight or ten years ago, you couldn't do wrong. Like he won everything. He went perfect. He had a perfect season outdoors. <clears throat> he was the only person that could beat Carmichael straight up. I mean, there was there was a lot of highlights in the in that fan for for raining yellow. He had a lot of good days. It's yeah. not so good now, but no, he had a lot of good no. days. Well, Tits did say he would get worried if Dungey lost three weeks in a row to Tomac. Oh, he was also close and, to that uh, third week, too. He was. Yeah, he was. Tomac was coming. He was coming. I don't know well, if Eli would have beat Marvin, though. No, but he would yeah, have at no. least lost to him again. So He would have beat. Mar- he would have gained uh, three points on Dunge, though. Something like that, yeah. Tomac probably gets second. Give or take, yeah. Dunge gets uh, fifth because knock him back one. Yep. Right. It all goes your way. It does. Yep. It does. It does go Ryan Dungey's way right now. Uh, JT, this week in Minneapolis, I was uh, talking before we got you on. It's good for the folks in Minnesota to get this race back. Of course, they had no dome for a couple of years while they rebuilt the, the stadium. So that was the reason why the series wasn't going there. But generally speaking, a super loud dome, a super enthusiastic crowd. Uh, normally, you know, a sellout or close to it. I look, I look, uh, forward to that being the case again this year i bet you those fans are going to lose their minds yeah i think it's going to be uh i think it's going to be packed you know there's uh no other way to uh rekindle interest in supercross than to take it away for a few years you know yeah um you know i think uh, houston's going to go through that and and it happens every so often 
it's unfortunate with the, with the stadium there because this was one of the most well attended of the year. Uh, so yeah, it's nice to have a new dome, and I think you know we will all enjoy the the basically the benefits of having a new stadium, and I'm sure the fans will appreciate that too. You were racing back then, but uh, I always contend that the the Metro Dome there was no louder um, stadium on the series than the Metro Dome in the McGrath era. It was nuts, sixty five thousand people freaking out over Jeremy McGrath. Yeah, I, I would say there's there's some that you could put up against it. You know the the really good races that at, at Atlanta, uh, those are some really loud crowds too. Um, but sure, yeah, anytime you get the number up to sixty or seventy thousand and you get some real excitement going, um, you're gonna you're gonna well, you know run into the the loudest we've ever seen anyway. Well, part of the reason why was the dome structure, the Metro Dome structure. It's been tested, you know, for for football games and baseball games when the Twins and Vikings played there. The way it was constructed and everything else helped the sound, and so that was you know a little bit of the advantage. But man, they when McGrath was winning, it was nuts. And yeah, and his big year, like ninety five, ninety six, was those were right before I started. Yep. Uh, ninety seven wasn't you know his best year ever. I don't even remember if I was he, there. Ninety seven. He's on a Suzuki. He was like yeah. Uh, I just don't know if I was there. He was like but. second until the end. Then he went down late. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's right. Um, but no, it's I'm excited to go back there. I, I it's cold and it's winter in Minnesota, and I get all that. But I enjoy downtown Minneapolis. I like that race. I like that city. Um, I had a great time the last time we went in two thousand thirteen. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to go back. Yeah, should be should be great. Um, track map this weekend. Looking at the track map, it's uh, it's another uh, start that goes across the lane, kind of so almost like two turns, like what mm-hmm. we saw this past weekend. Just in, like uh, last week, yeah, yeah, just like last week. So it's a little bit of a different first turn situation, and it's another busy track. At least judging by the track map, we got some sand in there as well, um, and a long start. I think it looks like longer than last week. Um, a busy track though. Yeah, I think the key difference is that this week it's really straightforward <clears throat> when you break down the rhythm sections and how they're going to play out. I thought last week there was going to be uh, some options, and, and there was a bit. Uh, you know, that long rhythm, the guys that were able to go 2-3 uh, definitely were a bit quicker there. Um, but just how you break it down, I don't think there's going to be a lot of differentiation on how guys figure these sections out. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of straightforward type stuff, and I really expect by the end of the first untimed, I think everybody's going to be like, okay, well, that's the fast line. That's what we're doing, uh, which I don't always think is the best. Uh, I, I think there will be hopefully some changes after the first untimed, and I hope they move some stuff around to give some guys some options. Otherwise, it's going yeah. uh, to be a bit of follow the leader, I think. Yeah, the one rhythm lane looks like you're going to go two, three, 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 and make a turn. Um, other than that, everything else is pretty simple. Like you said, and the whoops will be short. They don't look very. They look. They look okay on the track map, but you know, thinking about it, it being built, they're going to be pretty short. Yeah, and we'll see. I think the dirt's you know going to be softer. <clears throat> yep. So you know, when they rebuild it for the nighttime, they always kind of get a bit lame. Um, but yeah, I, and even the rhythm, I'm not sure which one you're talking about, but the one that has it kind of has dra- two dragonbacks in it. So I don't think they're going to. You know, it's basically the same exact section that Oakland had where there was just basically a double and then uh, two dragon backs. You, you double off the top of the second one, and then you double out, and you're, you're out of there. Uh, and then the other main rhythm, there, I just kind of see him going 3-3 three, three and being done with it, uh, or 2-3-1 possibly across the inside too. So um, oh, I briefly I looked just, at it earlier. I, th- I didn't know those were dragon backs. Yeah, okay. yeah and, and I study these things a lot because I do an article on the track maps, and, yeah, it's a dragon back. They're, 
and we'll see how difficult they are, but it's exactly the same section we saw in Oakland. Same jump, same number of jumps, same layout, same everything. So they'll be much easier than Oakland. Obviously, they'll hold together yeah. where Oakland just turned into a mess. Um, but, yeah, a lot of the same. They kind of uh, took some sections from previous rounds. Uh, there's some, some very similar sections from last weekend in Arlington, and then there's some similar stuff from Oakland. The uh, start in, in the start where you basically make two 90s um, and you, you cut across the lane, it's um, – uh, uh, what we saw in uh, in Dallas, and we're going to see this weekend. Looking at the at the gate, I'm like, you know what guys are going to do? They're going to go around. They're going to go on the outside of the box, one, two, three outside the box, and they're going to you know try to make one turn out of it. You know what I mean? Like cut the inside and just drift out wide, and 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 in the second turn, quote unquote, of the first turn, they'll be wide in that one, and they'll they'll use that to to do it. But you know what? It didn't turn out that way. It, it really didn't. It turned out to be guys on the inside, not as far as extreme as like Chad was and those guys on the inside, but the in the middle of the gate to the left of the box is where the guys started from. And you went, you made a normal traditional 90 on the inside before creeping across, trying to stay, you know, as tight as you can. And, and, and that's how it went. And I really thought the dudes would sweep in from the outside and get them. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Were you surprised by that? And do you think that, more guys that should think like that or just doesn't work in in, in reality and th- theoretically it's it's a smart strategy but in reality it, it didn't work yeah there was two kind of two different trains of thought with that you know there were the guys in the middle to the outside which uh, i thought justin bogle and cooper webb both did really good jobs in the main event of sweeping around there from you know the middle to outside especially bogle i mean he was credited with the whole shot and you really had to you had to commit. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Albertson, that's how he got into the main event. Both he and Weimer, well, Jimmy especially, was on the very outside in the LCQ. And you had to get a good jump, and you had to commit, and you had to run it in very, very deep where everybody else was on the brakes. You still had to be either at least free rolling or on the gas. And there was, there was that approach. And then there were the guys on the very, very inside that would go down, they would break early and make a hard left mm-hmm. and go hang tight all the way through. Um, it seemed like the guys kind of in the middle where they tried to go down there and it didn't really commit either way. Like they didn't even either break early and make a hard turn or they let off. Those are the guys that ended up in the back. Yeah. Um, yeah. The inside guys me, making, made it work more times than not guys making yeah, a hard left. And, and it was, it was a much safer approach. Right. I felt like, uh, you were going to come out no worse than 10th if you went on the very inside and, and just kind of, if you were anywhere near the front, you could kind of weasel around that inside. Uh, but on man, on those guys on the outside, it was full commitment, you know. <laughs> and we've seen guys like Michael Essie and those guys that are that's they've made a career out of uh, yeah. you know turning those situations into good starts. So it'll be the, basically exactly the same this weekend. Um, the one thing I do hope is uh, I think there'll be a little bit more traction. Uh, last weekend was really hard packing the main event, so those guys trying to make that 90, they really couldn't pivot at all. So if it is softer and a little bit more traction, you may see guys be able to be a little bit more aggressive on that first 90 to get, you know, basically move up a few spots in traffic there. 702-586-PULP. Give us a call. Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by Pro Taper Truck Hero and get Jason Thomas from Fly Racing on the line. We are giving away a Fly Carbon hoodie. Yeah. You got this one, Tits? I actually do have it. Oh, shocking. Shocking. It is. There's not many things in their catalog that I don't have. Is it the one with the thumb holes? Because I got that one too. Uh, I don't remember there being okay. thumb holes on this one. Right. No, Fly that's a that's a that's a like a base layer type jacket. Oh, okay. All right. Fly racing uh, carbon hoodie. We are giving that away it's a good hoodie, on the though. show. Thank you. Yes. To a uh, lucky to a lucky uh, caller. Uh, first up, Jeremy. What's up? You got a question about Dirtworks, Jeremy? Yeah. Um, 
I was wondering how they they build the tracks and they are they the ones that take the dirt out of the stadium as well? Yeah, they do all of that. Well, or they contract local guys. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think it's a crew of. I don't know, ten to twelve guys that go every race, and then they need more guys than that, so they they you know they 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 uh, lease out or they rent out trucks and and local companies to do the trucking. Is there anybody else that is equipped, I guess, to to do the work, or is dirt works pretty much the only people that can do it? Do they contract it through Feld or what? Yeah, it's all through. Uh, yep, it's all through uh, Dirtworks, and uh, they decide. You know, they've been doing it for so many years. They have. Everybody set up in each city type deal, you know, that, that they want. I think the Dirtworks guys are the ones who build the track, though, those 10, 12 guys or whatever it is. I think he's uh, he's asking if anybody else has can do what Dirtworks does, right? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, for sure. ton of guys. Yeah, people have tried. I mean, people have bid on it and tried to get in there, but I think uh, I think felt comfortable with what Dirtworks offers, and they know they're going to get a certain level of product. And... I'm not saying that it wouldn't work to go somewhere else, but I think Feld is scared of the unknown at times on that too. Yeah, I don't blame him. I know I've seen I've seen pictures on Instagram of Jacob Hayes' new track by uh, 402 Trails, I believe, built it, and it was pretty sweet looking. But uh, um, yeah, I was the, wondering about that. Jason Baker does a great job. He does uh, Alden yeah. Baker's thing. Uh, uh, Mark Bomber, Australian series as Bar- well. Yeah, so Barnett's they, around. Um, yeah. uh, I know I'm thinking forgetting some guys. Uh, yeah. So, One yeah. more thing, uh, Peters. Do you guys know what what happened with Verb? Uh, fold it up, man. Yeah, yeah. Just money. Yeah, just uh, you know. Uh, I don't really know. I don't know those guys. Most of the original guys have left. Um, so yeah. I don't really know the guys that were were there. But yeah, just um, you know, competitive industry, not enough money, not enough desire to get going. You know, so don't really I'm know. They're sure. going to start another project, though. You think? Yeah. Somebody yeah, I heard here. that this yeah. morning. All right, man. Thanks for the All call. Right. Well, thanks. thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, let's get to uh, Hal. Hal, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, dude, doing well, man. Hope you're having a good day. Thanks yeah. again for the for the uh, passes last weekend, man. Um, hey, uh, what happened in uh, in Heat One when uh, Dungey was in front of Marvin and Marvin was catching up to him there in the last uh, last corner? And there seemed to be some uh, congestion or something. But when Marvin he sort of you know he didn't commit to that finish. Dungey rolled it. But when Marvin came across the line, man, he was pointing back behind him. He looked like one pissed-off Frenchman. And we couldn't tell from where we were standing in the seats, but did he get into a lapper or what happened? Do you know? JT, you know? Was this at which race was this in? Is Arlington, in, the heat, right? in the heat, yeah. I didn't see um, – no, I not so I don't. Yeah, I'd be I'd be right. making it up if I was commenting on what he was mad at. I, I didn't yeah. see what the incident was. Make something up. Fake news. <laughs> um, no, I mean lots of things go on. So I yeah. yeah. I mean, who knows? Uh, Chris, what's going on? Chris, welcome to the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show. Nah, thanks, man. How you guys doing? Good. What's going on? Yeah, quick question for you. So it's kind of rhetorical. You guys might know the answer, might not. But so we've been going to Atlanta for the last twelve years, and we're not making it this year. And the ticket prices went bananas. Like I'd normally sit second level, like sixty five dollar tickets, and they're nothing under a hundred bucks this year. Yeah, you know, so um, this buddies is, are all like, dude, we're not doing it. It's just that's ridiculous. Yeah, um, I don't know about this year, but two years ago when Feld Feld people took over, the circus people took Supercross over and bought it. They jacked up all the prices from tickets. I heard this from fans all over the place. It was, um, you know, they, they used to do the, a lot of good treadhead seats and cheap seats down low and everything else. Those are all gone, I guess. And uh, 
so the ticket prices are all high. Now you're saying, Chris, it was from last year to this year they jacked them up. They jacked them up. Yeah, from yeah last year to hmm. this year, man, went from sixty five bucks for where we normally sit in the area is a hundred bucks minimum. Yeah, that's I that's just, a. Uh, it's and I don't know if the kids are all excited about the Moto Fest or trying to pump it up, but they just uh, you know when you go out of town, you got to get a hotel and you're doing all the other stuff. And you add that on top of it, it's just like I just sit and watch it on TV, man. I don't need to fill the seat. Um, yeah, you know what? Live TV is great for sure, and there's no doubt that since the rise of ticket prices. Um, Supercross attendance has been, in to my eyes, I could be wrong, lower than before. But they're probably making more money. You know what I mean, Chris? Because they're charging more. Um, but yeah, they, this is something that they they decided to do, and it's a it's a tough blow. It, you know, I I don't know really know how you justify racking them up that much if that if it is what they, you say it is. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a tough deal. Um, you know, they had two Atlantas a couple years ago, and the second one wasn't very well at all. Um, JT, they said they had 57,000 in Dallas, and I, 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 once again, I, I call BS on that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you, you know, I think there's something somewhere around 70 seats, and then uh, there's another 35,000 in the party deck. So I don't know. I, yeah, I would say I don't, it seemed like it was there was a lot of people there. I would, I would bet it was high 40s, if nothing else. I mean, there's always a lot of ways to, yeah, to inflate that number, but it, it, was well attended, I thought. Mm. All right, Chris, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Sorry to sorry to lose you at the race. I get it though, uh, for sure, man. Maybe maybe next year, man. Maybe we'll come back around. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, man. All right, seven zero two five eight six pulp. I mean, yeah, it's it's a bummer. Chris can't go, and if if I'm really sixty five to hundred though. Come on, someone do some research on this. That seems like a massive yeah, I mean, price jump, right? Yeah, I mean they've got a. I'm sure they've got a plan or a strategy for this thing i don't know what it is um obviously they've got they keep an eye on their ticket sales and um yeah. have to cost average if they you know if they get ten thousand less yeah. people but it's at a double the price you know they probably make more money you know what sports teams are doing now they're doing they're all switching to dy- dynamic pricing right so the, the the good foes the the yankees or the red Sox or the patriots or whatever those tickets are more and then the buffalo bills and, and tampa bay rays are all less and you know, this, that's something new that's been happening on top of personal seat licenses and all that kind of stuff. These teams are doing that. So it's funny that maybe Supercross is doing that, too. Like Atlanta, really good att- crowd, right? Really good attendance. Mm-hmm. So we can charge more. Capitalize on it. Yeah, right. we can charge more. And then when we're going to some janky city like St. Louis, eh, that's not even janky, but I'm trying to think of a city that doesn't have good attendance, you charge a little less, you know? So Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I, it's, it would be an interesting conversation to have because at the end of the day, what's more important to have more fans there and, or less fans there and depending on how much money you make on all that stuff too. So. Yeah. It, it, the thing is too, is what about the, uh, what about the, um, uh, TV numbers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or the TV concessions numbers too, yeah. concessions and all the merchandising at the race too. If you get 10,000 less people there, you know, that's got to equal a lot of less money in concession sales too. Yeah. Man, I'd like to get in behind that and figure all that stuff out, but who knows? Like, you'd never find out, right? Well, you'd have to. They'd have to open their books. And yeah, they're, right. they're not going to do. Obviously, nobody would. No, they'll tell you to beat it. Um, the uh, the big the big um, the big news this week, I guess, is uh, JGR Suzuki Justin Barsha coming back. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Where, where where will he be? I don't know. I don't have huge expectations for him. Um, I think uh, for him, if he can finish inside the top 10, I think that would be pretty solid. Um, I'm sure he's expecting more than that. But for for JGR, if they can get him back, get him inside the top 10, and Jay can have a good race, to get two guys in the top 10 would be pretty solid right now. 
Really? You think he's going to do that? That um, that poorly? I don't. I don't. Poorly is a bad word because top ten is still gnarly, you know. But I mean, you think he's going to come back and beat? You know, Dunge and Marvin and Anderson? I think he's in that next group, or he's going to want to be in that next group. Well, he's going to want to be, but he wasn't even that in that group before before he got hurt. I know, but, you know, Pike did a lot better on this Suzuki. Now, Barsha's overseas stuff wasn't great, you know, but he didn't have a race bike either. So there's well, a little bit of an injury, too. It's not yeah. like he just, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think coming into a series off of zero momentum, um, is tough. Yeah. I don't think that's easy. So I think he's coming in on a bike he's never never raced in Supercross. You know, he's going to have to sort that out. Just like when he went to Europe, you know, you, we remember those conversations, how he was struggling with the setup. Uh, I don't know. I just think having realistic expectations will be really important for them to not get discouraged. Uh, Eli Tomac is 29 points down. This is round seven. We're almost halfway through 17 races. Um is it over for him? He's got to jump three guys. It's not over. It's not over. You just got to win some races. I mean, we're not even halfway yet. Okay. I don't think it's over oh. for any of these guys. Other, you know, maybe Anderson. Um, I, that's a lot of that's a lot of points with missing a whole round. Um, Anderson is uh, thirty. Uh, he's forty-four down. Yeah, I mean, those guys are probably out of it. But the guys that you know, Tomax won races handily, and he, I had him pick to win Arlington too. Um, so. If you're under 20 points down, I feel like that's not a lot. That's uh, that's he's, a couple races. If Dungey gets fourth and you win, that's you're, you're almost halfway. Yeah, but he's you know, 29. Not, he's 29 down. I just okay. Well, you know, Marvin's 18, DOS 20. I, I don't think it's too many. No, not okay. with the way Ryan's riding because he's right. not dominant at all right now. Um, you know, both you and I in my Twitter feed on on RaceRx comments. Uh, things like that. We're, we're taking some heat for, uh, you know, saying that Dungey has an issue or a problem or what, what's wrong with Dunge. I think you and I have been fair in saying, and Wygan as well, in saying that um, it's all relative when we say what's wrong with Dungey. Uh, but if, but if you're if you're going to give us crap for for writing that Ryan Dungey isn't riding well, you're wrong. He's not riding that well. There's just there's no way to 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 ever walk around that. I don't understand some of these people. Yeah, I don't know if he hasn't been riding, quote-unquote, well. Because um, I think he has been riding well. well I mean, he's, okay. he's only missed the podium once. I just think he hasn't been riding to the level that we've expected from him, you know? Because I, I can guarantee you any of the other guys in that class would trade places with this season in a heartbeat. So I think we have to be careful with how hard we are on Dungey. Um, but I, I do think the the 2017 Ryan Dungey isn't as good as the 15 and 16 level that we've seen. Well, I think that's all we've been saying. And I think, well, it, I think, it, it, I think you piss off the, his fans when you say he's not riding well because they're going to scream at you with an 18-point lead and he's won a race and he's been on the podium five out of six and yada, yada, yada. So that's where I just think we have to temper it a bit. Um, but also when you really, really break it down and analyze it, uh, he's certainly not on the same level he was in the past two years. No, there's, there's no doubt. Um, this is a big weekend for Dunch. Like in front of home crowd, in front of his home fans, he's going to want to show everybody – well, he's going to want to win anyways. He wants to win, you know, every single race. But this one, probably a little more. And he's going to want to smack down Marvin a little bit from thinking that he's, you know, and he got any hope at this. Um, that's how these these guys work. Um, and in front of his home crowd, it's a big weekend for Dunge. If he answers this weekend and wins and, say, leads 15 out of 20 or, you know, whatever, even better, more than that, and goes on to win, I'll be like, okay, yeah, he's back, whatever, you know. But if we see an issue this weekend with all the motivation that, that Dunge has, I'm going to start – you know, wondering even more what's going on. 
Yeah, I don't think he can just be like, oh, yeah, hometown, I'm going to ride completely differently and go and win. I, I just don't know if that's realistic. No, of course. I think yeah. he's going to be motivated. Obviously, he's going to want to win. But I just look for him if if he can continue to beat the guys that matter. Like if he goes out and he beats Marvin and Eli again and stretches it out, and now the points lead is 22 and, and Tomac's 32 or 35 or whatever it ends up being, these guys have a lot of work to do because – Really, Ryan's left the door open for these guys. He hasn't gone out and won a bunch of races. He got off the, he landed off the podium last week, so he's kept these guys around. You know, if, if this was last year, Ryan would have a 30-plus point lead on everyone easily. Um, but he's kind of let them hang around a bit. And uh, if he, but if he continues to just beat them and they don't capitalize on it, then I just don't see much hope for them because they've, they've really got to do a good job of kind of taking the bull by the horns here and go out and win races when Ryan's struggling because if he ever catches stride here and figures out whatever he's struggling with, they're oh, done. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's gonna be curtains for everybody. I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen this week, and I really feel like this, this could be a pivotal race in the series one way or you another. You think it's just from motivation on him? You no, think just no, because being home, he'll... I think he's going to want this one a little more. And with, oh, for sure. With, with, Absolutely. With, with, he's going to want this one. If this was St. Louis, there would be a little more motivation because his teammate won. He's off the podium. Guys like us, he's, you know, he knows what's going on on the internet and this mm-hmm. and that. Um, so he's going to be motivated if this was in St. Louis. Add in the return to Minneapolis, and uh, this is going to be a big weekend for him. You know, these, these guys like, you know, Dunge and, and Villapoto and, and Stu and Chad and they just they're extra special guys, you know, when it comes to that kind of stuff. So um we'll see. Be it'll be a big deal. Um right behind Dungey Muscan Sealy Tomac Anderson, who I think we can admit are the top five in the points and probably the guys that, you know, have been better for the most part this year. Right behind them in the points is Millsaps and quietly uh Millsaps has had a pretty good season. I mean, he pulled in the mechanics area last week to get his front end straightened out. He crashed on the opening lap and once again uh, gets a top 10. He's, he's one of only, I think, four guys now to finish top 10 every single race. Uh, Davey's been having a good season. Yeah, he's riding really well. It was uh, it was unfortunate that he had that problem on the first lap because I, I felt like that track where it's really, really technical and you can't make mistakes and you have to do certain things with the bike. Uh, I think that favors Davey quite a bit. Uh, and he was obviously feeling it um, to ride that well in the main event. So he's had a good season, and he had a good season going last year too until uh, the big crash. You know, he, he came in a little out of shape, which hurt him. But if you look at his heat races and his speed and all that, he's had two good seasons going in a row here. Um, I look for that main event, though, where he gets a good start and he can hang around that top three or four, which we haven't quite seen yet. You know, I think uh, Phoenix was the closest where he actually caught up to fifth and was still moving forward at the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, But one of these weekends, it's all going to click. And I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means a a win or a podium or a fourth or a fifth. But I think we're going to see one of these weekends come together for him. I don't know about a win. But for sure a podium. I can see Davey making a podium easily. Yeah, and, and I'm not claiming yeah. that. I'm just saying something is going to happen where everything kind of works for him and, you know, sky's the limit on where yeah. that ends up, you yeah. know, because it's all, it's all situational. You know, if, if Eli and Ryan are 1-2 and Davey's 3, then that obviously decreases his chances. But if, uh, you know, Freezy gets out front and, and Davey gets him early and Davey can get a gap, then that kind of changes the game a bit. So, uh, we just have to see it, and, and nobody's going to know that until it's going down. But the way he's riding, it certainly opens the door for him to do better. Right behind, uh, right behind a lot of the big names 
if you look at average qualifying through the first uh, six rounds, um, fourth fourth overall in qualifying is Blake Baggett, qualifying position. Yep, he's been fast. His team, Davey's, yeah. Davey's teammate, yeah. Yeah, one of these weekends, same as kind of Davy, where the riding is going to catch up to the results because, especially for Blake, that those two haven't really correlated at all. Uh, Blake's been near the top of the board, you know, the whole session, and every time he gets knocked down, he comes right back up on the next lap. So, uh, you know, Arlington for Blake was as bad as about as bad as it gets without an injury. Yeah, uh, he, he hit the deck multiple times and and should have crashed on the big triple another time. Um, so I, I think they just kind of re- press the reset button, and uh, you know the riding's there. So he just needs to he needs to stay out of trouble and get the start and go with those guys at the beginning. Yeah, I think both Millsaps and Baggett have been faster than the amount of press they've gotten or the amount of buzz they've gotten. Um, that's all. Yeah, I think yep. just the the lack of final main event results have yep. held them back because yep. the riding, which you know, let's face it, most of the fans don't get to see that all day. You know, when we're in the press box, we're watching practice, and those guys are just amazing all day long. Most of the fans out there don't see anything until you know the the main event results are what stick with them. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're lacking, and that you know once they finally start n- nailing those down, I think the you know the rest of the world will catch up. A guy named Dwight called said Dungey has been sick for a few weeks, and he called me a dummy. Tits is that okay? Yeah, uh, that's correct. <laughs> okay, all right, just just checking. Well, actually, Michael Antonovich from Transworld uh, asked uh, somebody at KTM if Dunge was sick, and they were told no. So that's I I did not it myself but that's what uh, Antonovich told me anyway so uh let's get to Matt he's got a question to JT about gear bags the thrilling talk of gear bags go ahead Matt what's up <laughs> hello gentlemen hello Matt. Hey, Matt um JT I need you to sell me on a gear bag um okay. all my stuff got stolen uh over the summer and uh I'm looking to to get a new gear bag and goggle bag I've been looking at a bunch of them but Here's my chance to start over fresh. So what do you got for me? Um, well, I use our, our roller grande, which is our biggest option. Um, retail is 125 bucks, and it's the one I've used to take all my samples for the last few years. So, um, you know, wheels, handle, basically can carry everything from boots, helmet, and everything you could possibly wear. But that's, that's what I would recommend for most people, and it's going to kind of do it all for you. I mean, Matt, it's a gear okay. bag. It's got wheels and a handle, and it holds everything. I mean, what 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 do you want, Matt? Well, something something that can hold all everything. That's you know, the helmet, grande, like you just said. Yeah, so. grande roller bag. Yeah. Um, I would either do that, or I would do. Uh, you know, we do a fly uh, fly racing Ojo ninety eight hundred, which I've, everyone's seen in the Ojo version. Um, ninety eight hundred doesn't yeah. hold everything. Ninety eight hundred doesn't hold everything. Uh, yeah, it does. I used to, I used it to no, no. every race of no, my no. overseas career. No, nah, it's tight. It's too tight. Things get jacked up in there. You guys are a bunch okay. of like well, that. Uh, when you say it doesn't hold old everything, old ladies bickering. Well, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Matt, get the, get, the, get the Grande Roller back from Fly. Well, they're okay. both Fly, uh, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, as far as goggle bags, I've seen all of them. I've looked at all of them. But really, how many, how many does the Fly hold? I've, obviously, I can smash like six of them into a, uh, a bag. But yeah, I would comfortably, say, how with, many do they hold? With roll-offs and roll-offs and lenses, you know, or sorry, excuse me, uh, tear-offs and lenses in there, I feel comfortable with four. I mean, you could put five in there, but um, it all depends on what else you want to put in there, too. Yeah. But I, I mean, if you need more than four or five pair of goggles on a on a race day, then you're you you're probably racing Supercross, <laughs> <laughs> or you got a massive mudder. One of the yeah. two. 
Well, I live in the Northwest. Well, that's that's all we ride in. Okay. All right, so, Matt. Anything else? Did JT need to sell you anything? Anything else? No, no. That's that's pretty much it. All right, buddy. Thanks for calling. Sweet. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Uh, let's get a few more questions before Paul Parabinos comes up. Uh, Sam on two. What's up, Sam? How are you? How's it going, Steve? I just wanted to ask if Prater ever got back to you about the Atlanta and Arena Cross. So I think it's ridiculous how. Yeah. I, I agree with you how they're not going to let them raise both. I yeah. Prater, Prater said it was up. To, he was fine with it, whatever. He said there's actually a rule in the rule book about uh, not having, not even being able to ride the track. Uh, what is it, JT? Like 36 hours before, but eh, th- that's like for the full track, and this is just a few lanes of arena cross. And Sam, he said, the kicker, teams were were concerned. Teams were concerned with this. That's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. Oh, so, man. all right, thanks, man. All right, thanks. Thanks. Last question for Jason Thomas here. Jordan, what's going on? How are you? Hey, how's it going, Steve? Good. What's going JT? on? What's up, Jordan? I'm curious. Um, I've been pretty impressed on the West Coast with people like Killian Auberson. Um, you know, some of those guys that have just kind of come in under the radar. I'm curious if there's going to be any on the East Coast as well that kind of surprises. us. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit. Listen to our, our Fly Racing uh, Racer X uh, 250 East preview uh, podcast okay. that we talked about. But, JT, a couple of guys that come to mind that we talked about was Cameron McAdoo and then um, – Anthony Rodriguez, uh, who's riding like for MTF Yamaha. That's a couple of guys to me that could be main event under the radar dudes. JT, what do you got? Okay. Yeah, I would be impressed if Killian Alverson uh, bought a treadmill for the next West Coast rounds. That would uh, that would impress me. Um, <laughs> but uh, on the East Coast guys, I think there's quite a few. I think there's a lot of guys that don't get uh, talked about enough that are going to be relevant. Um, you know, Rensland, Gannon Audet. Uh, Jesse Wentland, um, who else? I think, uh, you know, Cunningham, uh, Kyle Peters. You know, there's a, there's a lot of guys that I'm sure you've heard of them, but they haven't been getting pumped up. They haven't been in, in videos on, you know, on any websites or anything like that. So going into the going into the East, we all know who to talk about, but I think if we're being honest with ourselves, we have probably have more questions than answers with a lot of these guys because, there's so much flux for most of them. They switch teams, they switch bikes. Who knows how good their bikes are? Who knows how much they've been riding? Because we haven't seen any of them ride, you know? So yeah. I think this first round is telling for a lot of guys on where they are and what their equipment's like and all that kind of stuff, other than the top guys, what, which we know will be good. What do you guys think about the – is his name Eric Grandal? It looks like he's on a factory connection bike almost. Well, his father is uh, a huge part of that team. Uh, they own Alias Racewear, um, so they do. They're heavily involved. You know, they were the Planet Fitness owners too. Um, so I would have no doubt that you know, as a part owner of that team and heavily involved in that team, that he has uh, some some next level equipment if they choose to go that route. Cool. I appreciate your guys' advice. Thanks for having me. Hey, Jordan, you want to win a uh, Fly Racing Carbon hoodie? Oh, of course. All right. Sweet. Good question. I like the the under-the-radar question. Uh, So stay on hold. Tiss will get your information. Thanks for listening. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, Thanks, Jordan, for calling in. He gets the Fly Racing Carbon hoodie. Under-the-radar guys, indeed, on the uh, East Coast. It's like anything, JT. Like, Gannon Audette is solid, right? Like, he's always the main event guy and working through the pack. But then you don't know what I like with guys like that, like what's his program? How much he's been riding? What team is he on? How's his bike? You know what I mean? Like you just yeah, yeah. no, I exactly. I think we have uh, 
a lot of questions to be answered in the 250 East class going into this weekend. Yep, for sure. All right, buddy. Well, hey, thank you for selling that gear bag to Matt. I think I think that worked. Yep. That worked great. Um, and uh, thanks for coming on the show. All right. See you, All man. Right, see you. Flyracing.com. Please check them out. Light Hydrogen Racewear. They continue to develop and improve the Hydrogen Racewear line through constant feedback from guys like uh, Pike and Kennard, Millsaps, Baggett, those type of dudes. Flyracing.com. The Light Hydrogen gear is the minimalist racewear design for maximum stretch, maximum performance. Protaper.com. Uh, Rockstar Husky team uses it. Geico Honda guys use it. JGR Suzuki, new guys. Uh, Protaper bars and sprockets. We thank those guys as well. Truck Hero truck-hero.com from the inside of your vehicle to the outside truck hero had you covered and our buddies at get the brand new on the show the technology that made get riders world champions is finally available on the market the lc gpa the new launch control system developed by get engineers together with the top teams around the world get 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 now all right to talk a little bit of 250 east preview touch on a few other things is uh from pro taper bars and sprockets protaper.com paul parabinos what's up paul Hi, Steve. What's going on? Where do you have Justin Barsha coming back this week and on the Pro Taper equipped JGR Suzuki? Like, JT didn't sound like he was that high on, on, on how he can do. What, what do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I would say uh, if, you, if you're if you asking me to pinpoint a finish, I'll, I'll put him at a, in the 10, 11, 12 range, I think, until we yeah, okay. see where so he's at. You're, you're on JT's side a little bit. I feel like it could be higher. I don't know. I mean, it obviously could be higher, yeah, of course. Um, but he hasn't raced in a while. Um, what we saw in Europe isn't always a good telltale, but it tells us something because that's the only data we have to go off of. Um, if he can get his starts back, he can he can for sure be higher, but I don't know jumping in at mm-hmm. the seventh round of the series. Um, I, I think that's setting expectations a bit too high given the road he's had to travel in the last um, year or so. So I think 10-11-12 would be a great start. I don't think anybody would be upset with that. Okay, also looks like, I, I think I failed to mention this earlier, looks like Brayton's out for this weekend. He'll be back next weekend, but Brayton will be out this weekend, everybody. So keep an eye on that. Um, and, of course, Kyle Peters will be riding the first two rounds for JGR Suzuki team. Um, and then uh, Matt Bichelli hopefully will be healed up and ready to jump in by, by then. Um, Paul, something that we were texting back and forth with yesterday. So next weekend in Atlanta, there's the MotoFest. There's the Amsoil Arena Cross on Friday, Monster Energy Supercross on Saturday, Amateur Racing on Sunday, and RCU at some point, maybe on Monday or something. It's a whole MotoFest weekend that the folks at Feld Entertainment have done, and I, I like it. It's a cool idea. Um, you know, This should be interesting to see. I'm sure I'll be down there on Friday night watching the Arena Cross and everything. But for some reason, somebody has decided, and, and I talked to Dave Prater at Feld a little bit, and he said it was – a little bit of combination of a few different things. But somebody decided that if you ride the Arena Cross on Friday, you can't ride the Supercross on Saturday. Now, the Arena Cross will be two lanes of the Supercross track and um, you know maybe a little bit of modification to the jumps, but kind of the same track. And somebody's decided that they, don't, they, want, they think the Arena Cross guys will have too much of an advantage, this and that. I say, Paul, way to kill any entertainment or any interest that anybody would have from watching the top arena cross riders jump into supercross. It is mind blowing that they did this. It's a stupid idea. It's a stupid rule. Uh, I just can't believe they won't let the arena cross guys race supercross. Yeah. Um, when you told me that I was, um, I was <laughs> super shocked, kind of mad. And now that I've had a chance to think about it, even, even more kind of upset um, because I really believe in this moto fest thing. Um, and, and, and let me, 
preface my thinking, I think, before I say this. So um, years ago when I was a pro circuit mechanic, my view of the industry and the sport and the things that kind of mattered to me was much different. I would say I was operating at ground level. And now I think with my position now of where I'm at, I would say I'm kind of, I'm flying a plane somewhere. I'm not as high up as, you know, I'm not 50,000 feet in the air, but let's say I'm at like 30,000 feet. So I look at things in much, much different. And I really love the MotoFest idea. Um, the off-road community lacks a kind of like a, a Sturgis type thing. I mean, we have Daytona Bike Week, but that's largely street. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying MotoFest is going to turn into this, but I really like the concept. And I would imagine it's a great business model for Feld as well. All the equipment is there, the dirt is there, the staff is there, mm-hmm. everything's there in one weekend. So they're cutting down costs between running the Arena Cross Series, running the Supercross Series. I think they're going to have more people in the stands on Friday than they would if it was just Arena Cross. And I think they're going to have more people in the stands on Saturday if it was just Supercross. So I love the idea. Um, and, and also, you know, there's given the uh, the amateur stuff happening on Sunday and Monday, this is a, going to be a very well industry attended event. I already have a few meetings set up with some people. Um, I mean, there is top amateurs coming, like Carson Mumford and Jet Reynolds, that are coming to race and arena cross. There's going to be a lot of people at this race, so it's already a success in my book. Um, and I think this might be the new model for Feld. Is is you know because the arena cross schedule isn't isn't doing great i think uh fan wise turnout ticket sales wise so why wouldn't they have an arena cross on friday uh preceding each supercross like i said the equipment's there the dirt's there i think it's a great idea so um then this decision came out and and for the life of me i just i can't i don't agree with it and i don't understand why uh you know for one they would be making more injury fee money if they would allow people to race both a nick schmidt could drop down and ride 250 in arena cross and race for a win maybe and make some more money or Kyle mm-hmm. Chisholm even told me that he wanted to race his 250 at the arena cross on Friday and then race a 450 at land on Sunday. But now with this rule, you can't do both. You have to pick one or the other. And then there's the whole road to supercross thing. Um, the goal of arena cross or their big angle is, Hey, you have to go through arena cross to get the supercross. So you're telling me a guy like Mitchell Falk, for instance, who is a uh, factory Troy designs, GoPro KTM athlete, who's an amateur. He could actually go to Atlanta and he has a birthday. I think he's turning 16 or so this week, I, I want to say. He could go to Atlanta, race arena cross on Friday night, get his points, and then sign up and race his first supercross the day after. But now, for some reason, he can't do that as well. Um, you know, So there's an opportunity for riders to make more purse money. There's an opportunity for Feld and AMA to make more entry money. Um, and there's added excitement in the, fans, uh, in the stands for the fans, for you and I, for everybody else. Um, to me, this was a great idea and still is a great idea that could really um support some growth in our sport and bring more just the whole motofest word to me i think is much more marketable than say supercross if an average fan in the, in the street sees motofest i think they would understand what that means than supercross only almost um i just think it's more understandable uh so yeah, I, I mean i'm in it's... great agreement with this event but i can't disagree more with this with this rule for the life of me i don't understand um but from what i've heard it's just been some team managers that have said uh that they feel it gives some people an unfair advantage but which is total oh what do you think you think I mean, gavin I faith think... and ben lemay are just going to womp up on everybody in 250 east now exactly like Exactly. They're not going to, they're not going to touch them. And, and we have press days currently in our, you know, I know there's a rule in the rule book saying you, you can't ride a track 24 hours or so before you race it. But what about press day when these guys oh, are dude, you tell me you can't lanes of the track on the, a Friday morning? The rules can be changed. Trust, trust me for anything that works. Any rule that, that doesn't work can be changed real quickly to, to fit some agenda. It, it's a joke. Exactly. It's, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and so this to me is just completely ludicrous. Um, I, I, I think the, 
the statement of um, the arena cross guys could affect the Supercross championship doesn't hold water at all. I think oh. it's completely why, complete. Yeah. yeah. Why would so. you want more interest and more excitement into your series? Why would you want more bench racing and more, um, you know, sort of talk? Why would you want any of that? No, no. Keep that all it's, away. I mean, yeah, it's just there's so many positives to it. You know, <laughs> right? like, like Tyler, the team manager of, of the KTM team. He's going to be there on Friday. He'll probably go down there and watch Arena Cross. He could watch Jace Owen and Gavin Faith, and and he could see what they look like. And then if they sign up and race on Saturday, he could see what it, he, they compare like compared to on a real Supercross track yeah. against his guys. And maybe these guys can get a ride the next year on that team because they're always looking for talent. This is this is a, a weekend where so much can be accomplished that could help the growth and the well-being of the sport. I think. And they just blew it. They just blew simple, it. But yeah, I, I honestly, I think it's just kind of protected egos, to be honest with you. They re- everybody it's, shit it's all over. The, everybody mad. just shit all over themselves. They just they got shit everywhere on themselves. It's ridiculous. It's so yeah. stupid. Yeah. Um, anyways, all right. Uh, yeah, we'll talk more about that probably next week. We'll go off on it some more. It's an unbelievably stupid decision. Uh, Feld needs to just tell the team managers, uh, shove it, beat it. We're doing this. Um, yeah. Which seems to work fine for anything they really want to do, you know. Um, all right, 250 East kickoff this weekend in Minneapolis. Um, first off, Paul, do you have any Minneapolis Supercross stories or memories from back in the day? Uh, I, I think it was my. I think it was the first Supercross. I actually, my first real Supercross, I think, was Minneapolis. I, I rode Daytona, but my first real one as yep. a rider was Minneapolis. But um, I don't think I've ever gotten a win in Minneapolis with a with a rider. Um, never won the opening round of an East Coast Series. We've gotten second before an uh, opener. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe I had an altercation with one of my riders, Doug DeHaan and Tyler Evans at Minneapolis, but I can't really remember. <laughs> I remember who it was um, Minneapolis so or not. That's all I got yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, so JT, Wygan, and I did a little preview podcast on RacerX Online, and all three of us came to, to the conclusion that Joey Savacci of the Pro Circuit team is the odds-on favorite to win this title. I don't know about the opener, but whatever, the, the title. And slightly, keyword slightly, Behind Joey would be um, Christian Craig and Zach, o- Zach Osborne. And then uh, Adam Cincerillo slightly behind that. Um, and Amar after that. Um, do you agree? Yeah, yeah. Large, largely I do. I mean, um, Joey has the, the most credentials. I mean, he has three wins, I think, and seven podiums. He has the most credentials. Um, uh, Christian Craig has a win. And he has multiple podiums as well. Um, Zach Osborne has, I, I want to see, has 11 or 12 podiums, but never has won. So I think you have to look at their resumes, and it would be insulting to to other riders if you if you didn't categorize them that way. I think so. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't heard any rumblings from any camps that are that can kind of uh, perturb us any other way. So I think that's an educated look at it. And yeah, I, I agree. I, I would say they're the favorites. Now, AC Adamson Cirillo hasn't raced for. Two years Supercross. He's three for five though in career races. Um, yeah. So knowing saying that, I can see Adam. I could see Adam winning this weekend. Just coming out fastest in practice, win the main event, and he's on his way. And I would not be shocked, even though we just put him fourth in our in our list of guys. Or I mean, I would just be like, hey, he's rusty. He hasn't raced Supercross for a while. He crashed one time in the main event and he got sixth. Like it's all over the place with this kid. Yeah, but I mean, you can't you can't ignore what you just. I mean, he has a he has a sixty percent win rate, career sixty percent win rate right now in Supercross. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that's un, that's unbelievable. And Adam is is supremely talented. Um, I, I I do think he'll be extremely fast in practice, um, but I look for him to be 
third or fourth, but it wouldn't surprise me if he wins the race either. So if yeah. he gets the whole shot, yeah. um, he could easily win win the race. Um, I'm not sure he'll win it if he doesn't get the whole shot. But I think the most important thing with Adam is just to get his feet wet at this first one, get leave there with some good points like you know, and, and uh, gather some moments from there. Uh, you're breaking up a bit. Move around. Move somewhere where you just were. Um, Osborne, Zach Osborne joined uh, Alden Baker Factory uh, this past year riding with Dunge and Anderson and Marvin. And um, we haven't seen him yet in person, but on his Instagram and everything, he looks like he's been – he's real fit, Paul. He looks uh, really skinny and uh, and really in shape. He's always been a hard worker. He's always been in shape, but I think more so this year. Yeah, I mean, you can tell he's been putting in the work, and that's cool to see. And Zach's a great dude, and he's got so much experience. I think he's got a great team, a great bike. Um, the things that he's going to need to fix, though, are hopefully the things that Alden's helped him with is, I would say, early early race intensity and consistency in his starts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the longer race is going to be really, really good for um, Zach Osborne and Jer- and uh, Alex Martin. But uh, but since Cyril and Savachi and Craig aren't going to be slow, I mean, they're going to be so fast, you're going to have to start near them or with them to mm-hmm. beat them. So if Zach is deep, then he can't expect to win. So. Yeah. Hopefully he's worked on those things, and I would imagine Alden riding with with the Dunge and 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 Anderson and Muskin riding with those guys. His initial race intensity is going to be impressive, and I think this is the year he's going to make the step. And um, but he still never got a win, so yeah, um, he's going to have to get that win win out of the way quick if he wants to contend for a title. It's hard to see a guy winning his first race and then winning the title in the same year. It just is. It's hard to see that happening. It does happen. Will Hahn did it, um, but yeah, it's rare. It's very rare. Um, RJ Hampshire and Jordan Smith, once teammates, uh, now Jordan moved over to the TLD KTM team. They are in their fourth year of Supercross. This is a big year for both of these guys. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I think it's kind of shit or get off the pot a little bit. Otherwise mm-hmm. they might be downgraded to, um, to, you know, like a, a little lower level type team, but, um, but they're both very good riders. Um, neither one has... Neither one has gotten a win before. I think Jordan Smith has one podium. Um, RJ's got RJ a podium. Yeah, RJ's got a podium. Somewhere. Oh, he does? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they both have a podium. So they are, they're very similar. Um, I think Jordan is a better starter. I think RJ's a little bit more consistent. Mm-hmm. So I think RJ needs to make a, make a jump in speed and starting up front. And I think Jordan needs to eliminate some mistakes and, and bring some more consistency. And but easily, easily, those guys should be top five podium guys that's where that's where their resumes and their experience and their bike and their team they need that's where they need to be otherwise they're underperforming in my eyes uh sleepers in this class uh jesse wentland um uh, a rod um cameron mcadoo these types of guys for, for i mean i'm not talking wins or podiums i'm just saying sleeper guys yeah, and and I even think Benny Bloss might be considered a sleeper to some because I mm-hmm. think he's, he might not be getting as much credit as as I think I'm. I think he's well within the top ten. I think he's more around a fifth, sixth. I think he's that next group. I think mm-hmm. he can be a Jordan Smith, R.J. Hampshire type guy. Um, I think Wentland will be good, and Rod and Rodriguez will be good as well. Um, uh, they both have you know career best finishes. I think well inside the top ten. I want to say so. They have the you know the equipment, the experience. They should be in there for sure. And Cameron McAdoo is kind of a he's he's new to Supercross, so there's always that learning curve. Um, so I don't know what to see out of him. But um, 
I think if he's in the main event and he's in the top 12, that's a really good first race. So, But if you look back at some guys, their first Supercross, I, I think Dean Wilson's first Supercross finish, he got eighth. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how he does. Uh, let's get this phone calls. Troy Benjamin from Pulp MX. What's up, Troy? How's the raccoons? Hey, uh, what happened to all the verb guys? What's that? I don't know. What happened to them? What happened to all the verb guys? Oh, yeah, I don't know. They all got canned. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And uh, raccoons are good. There's a family upstairs, so we're, we're fine. Okay, fantastic. Um, good to hear. What's up, buddy? Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm doing a, a story for you on the number 17 and how if Savaji doesn't win this year, he's pretty much, uh, I don't know. He, there's seven titles since 2011 that has been won with the number 17. Hmm. So, yeah. Um, a little interesting fact there. And um, I, I haven't really been listening to uh, your preview show or whatever because I'm fighting raccoons and whatnot. Right. But, uh, I mean, has, have you mentioned Mitchell Harrison at all? We haven't mentioned mentioned him too much on the preview show. We, You know, I actually I forgot about him in my list of guys, uh, but he's on a star bike. and But, yeah. man, uh, Paul, Mitchell Harrison, is he's got skills, but, man, he struggles to hold it together. Yeah, he's just he's been a chronic crasher in um in Supercross. So, I, I but he was a rookie last year. He's hopefully going to turn that around. If he keeps crashing, um, that ain't good. So hopefully he can figure that all out. And but he should mm-hmm. be he should be in the top ten. He has a year um, under his belt. He's on he's on one of the best teams in the in the in pits as far as activity class is concerned. So yep. he needs to be in the top ten. I think. Yeah, Troy uh, Mitchell Harrison definitely is one that you know we'll see if he can turn it around he's got all these kids got skills though to say mitchell harrison has skills is correct but a lot of these guys get but their race craft when they're around other guys is just not there and mitchell harrison's one of those guys you know yeah with this podium yeah. at the mxgp though i think that i mean it showed a little bit of you know good news for, for the yeah. star people mm-hmm. yeah you're right and dylan ferrandez too we haven't mentioned ferrandez he should be interesting to yeah. see how he can do uh, thanks troy yeah no problem boss thanks uh, that's Troy Benjamin, writes for pumpomex.com. People should check it out. It's a website. It's really good. It's got lots of stuff on it. Um, yeah, Ferrandis has always been the the best European-based rider, and he's in a lot of these off-season supercrosses I've been to over the years, but he's also always been sketchy. Now, whether it was a 450 that made it sketchy for him, uh, I guess we'll see shortly. Yeah, um, I, I don't know what to expect from him. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. I, I would imagine he'll be pretty decent in qualifying. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Euro guys, they that's that, that's their kind of forte. They've grown up in a racing environment where you're always kind of setting one good lap in practice to for your qualifying position. That's how things are structured over there. So uh, I imagine he'd qualify well, but we'll see what he has. I um, I don't I think he's going to get eight up at the end of the race personally. I I, I just I don't know. I don't know what's telling me that. Right. I just think I could see him starting well and running up front, but getting eight up by the end. Pro Taper Zone, Paul Parabinos on the line with us. Paul, how was the uh, uh, Pro Taper uh, show you had last week and before Dallas with the dealers and the media and everything else? I watched some videos of it, and uh, people seem to be uh, digging it. How was the Pro Taper display and all that? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I put a lot of effort into the Pro Taper booth, and I think like we had a cool, a really cool booth, a cool display. I had a cool video playing um, that showed a lot of our athletes and some of the um, kind of what Pro Taper is about, really, like the innovation and, and what we stand for. Um, had an autograph signing. I think we had over 700 dealers in attendance. The entire sales force and the organization was there. So it was a really good um, company gathering. Um, I actually launched a new website uh, last week, which I'm in the process of writing a press release for today. Um, so Pro Taper has an all-new website, which is huge for us. Um, 
So the uh, Flymoto 60 show listeners are getting a uh, a uh, kind of an early er, early alert to that. But um, no, it was a great show. Um, I was just kind of exhausted at Dallas. I was in, <laughs> at, at the race from from that show because it was up at up at six and talking all day until yeah. until eight each night. So. But, uh, people really, want to ask really you about pe- people want to ask you about Dean Wilson and and the national championship that you won. Uh, I didn't get much of that actually. Oh, okay. uh, I think I think people have long and forgot it. Imagine what people think about you in your summer class title when you bring it up now, <laughs> dude. Right? They're like, <laughs> uh, trust me, it's depressing all the time. It's depressing each, more and more each day. Uh, all right, protaper.com. Please check them out. Uh, Rockstar Husky uses them, and uh, also the Geico Honda team and the JGR Suzuki team. And next week, Paul, the Ice One Husky team is also running protaper. The GPs kick off next week, so. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait for the Qatar opener. Um, I think it's going to be an exciting season. I think uh, Caroli's on a on a good one right now, and um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to, to see that series kick off, and we'll have a lot of racing to talk about. So. I just I hate that track. It sucks. It blows. It's a shitty way to open a yeah. series, you know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's probably not ideal. I've heard plenty of riders rumblings about it too, but. Uh, yeah, it's just you know, you know it's, to it's, exemplify a, a true world championship over there. So. It's uh, it's under the lights. It's fast. It's dark. It's smooth. You know what I mean? For the most, it looks choppy. Actually, I shouldn't say it's smooth. It's choppy. Yeah. It's just just I don't know. Full of tabletops or and something. And it's the, it's the uh, MX One debut of Hurlings too. But he just undergo uh, underwent some surgery too. So I wonder <laughs> yeah. how he'll he'll be at the opener. So uh, it should yeah. be it should be awesome with Gaz, uh, Geyser and Fedra and. And Caroli and Nagel and uh, Paul in. It's going to be a great race. Yeah, absolutely. All right, buddy. Well, hey, are you coming this weekend? What's well, uh, no? But okay. I will be. Uh, I'll be in Atlanta. You'll be. You'll be at the Arena Cross on Friday. Not watching any Arena Cross riders on Saturday. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we. Maybe we. If we speak up enough, we can get something changed. Oh, it's ridiculous. So. <laughs> uh, thanks for your time, Paul. Appreciate it. All right. Take uh, care, Steve. See you. Fly racing Motor Sixty Show presented by Pro Taper Truck Hero and Get. Get get, get stuff's really good. Used by a lot of teams, people uh, in Europe and and uh, and in America. So stuff stuff's legit. It's another episode in the books. Episode one hundred and six. People fly racing Moto sixty show. Tits. I want to thank you. It's always my pleasure. It's a big weekend for your guy this weekend. Big Ooh, weekend for Ryan Dungey. So. Should I tell Lindsay you said hi? Yeah. Yeah. You actually gonna go try and talk to him? I'd like to. Do it. Not really talking to media these days. Don't take no for an answer. That's it, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.